Thanks for tuning in to the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. And I thought for a minute that there was, like, I took my eyes off the screen for a second, and I thought there was a banana behind your head. I said, "Oh, banana. it's your, no, your little buddy, your little buddy." He gets was... your ears. He gets your ears. Yeah. At least I know. At least I know that it's Pikachu. Now I always used to just call him Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. There's actually that. a. Uh... I think it's two videos on YouTube, like this, this like comedy YouTube channels that uh, they they do. They did a parody, like but they created the Pokemon. Like, what if people live like Pokemon? That's it's very fun. Okay, How, you mean aren't aren't Pokemon's basically fighting slaves? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what the the, the parody kind of points it out like. That, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a parody then. Uh, is would you say is Pokemon like your favorite? Is that your favorite show, Pokemon, or is that like your favorite IP? Uh, I would say that one of my favorite IPs. I don't know if I would say that my favorite of all time, but like. I grew up with it, so now that I'm in this revisiting phase, it's been very mm. fun. Because with Pokemon, you can watch, you can play, you can do a lot of stuff. Would you and, say you're? Would you say you're re-watching Pokemon? I'm, I'm re-watching Pokemon. <laughs> oh, very. Yeah, because it, it's kind of difficult. Because when I watched it as a kid, like there was a lot of reruns, like I didn't follow every episode necessarily chronologically i don't remember like I think is there, there were... is there sorry there's a chronological thing to it is like is there a, like an entire arc like a whole story or is it just yeah. a bunch of episodes oh, okay i thought there was just like yeah but but because it's so many episodes it is more episodic is there's the adventure of the week mm -hmm. and adventure of the day but no but there is an overarching story it's a storyline there are the because it's a Japanese, it's not necessarily like seasons, they say. It's, it's like, they call it series, but function as as, as, as seasons. That yeah. It varies like the overarching storyline. And it's very funny because as the games were released and more Pokemon introduced more mechanics and more characters, the show kind of follow up with with the games so what do you like better do you like actually playing the games is, is it is the games kind of first or is it cartoons no, it's no, like if the it's game like... now the game was first before ever before the current before the anime we talk about this i think in the episode of star uh, mm -hmm. it was released in 96 in in japan and i think 97 worldwide and has been like this like for us to like have some sort of organization Pokemon, we, we do for each Pokemon from generations, which normally, not necessary, but normally each Pokemon 
was released for a specific console of Nintendo. Not, not necessarily. Like, there are some generations that are in the same console, but if you think about it, the first Pokemon, Red and Blue, or Red and Green Japan, and Yellow, was released for the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. The original Game Boy. When the Yellow, Yellow is still in Generation 1, like, it's an updated version of those two first games. Because Pokemon's all, always released in pairs, so you buy either green or blue. It's basically the same game, but some have different Pokemon ex exclusive to each version, so incentivizes you trading Pokemon and stuff, like more multiplayer and stuff with the Game Boys. So that's Generation 1. By the 2000s, they released, by 99, 2000, 2001, they released the second generation of the Game Boy Color. Golden, Silver, and Crystal. And then when the Game Boy Advance was released, then there was Emerald, Sapphire, uh, Emerald, and Ruby. I mean, uh, so the Nintendo DS, then the 3DS, and now the Switch. So right now, there's basically nine generations of Pokemon, nine different phases of Pokemon. And the anime followed basically all those did all the eight generations, so there are like 1,200 episodes of the Pokemon anime divided by 20 series slash seasons. More than 20 films, they're, they're connected to, to the cartoons, so look, if you want to count it for Pokemon, you're going to have a lot to watch, and that's what me and Sarah are doing, like we are watching everything chronologically. Because, like, I found out, like, there are people that did, like, an exact last checklist of the episodes, where the movies fit into the to, into the storyline, like, what between episodes, the specials, there are shorts, like, Pokemon, like, they used to do, like, Pixar, like, when you go watch a Pokemon movie, there's always a Pikachu 20 minutes short. Yeah. That, that is trained before the movie, so you watch Pikachu special, then you watch the actual movie. And, and one of the good things is that because it's anime, and for, for like, uh, younger people, it's 20 minutes. So you can, like, in one hour, you watch basically three episodes very quickly. The movies are not that long. They're, like, one hour, an hour and a half tops. So even though the quantity is, big, is very big, like, the the length of the the conference not the it's not not the... I got a couple questions first uh where does Pokemon go kind of factor into all this I know that uh, it was a huge deal when it came out and people walk around capturing Pokemon uh outside in real oh, that was on the 2016 right right so is that like a is that still a is that still a, a thing or whatever? Like Pokemon Go? In is that 2016, yeah, like, remember, all the Pokemon games, they were exclusive to Nintendo consoles. So you had to have a Game Boy. You had to have a Nintendo DS, a GameCube, a Nintendo 64, a Wii to play it. Mm -hmm. And that has always been the, the philosophy behind Nintendo games. Like, like in the industry in the video game, like you have the exclusives, what they call first party games. Mm -hmm. 
until, for instance, Sony has God of War, The Last of Us. These are part of that For a very long time, they're exclusive to Sony consoles, so you had to have the PlayStation Years of War, Halo for Microsoft, even though technically Microsoft does for Xbox and PC. Right. And for the first time in decades, Nintendo decided to allow to create a game not for Nintendo consoles, but for cell phones. That's when they created Pokemon Go, which is an app which you can download it and what it is still like the fever that it was in 2016? No, but I play it and it's a very fun game. It's a very fun mobile mobile game, and it's kind of funny that now they created uh, another app that you can that you can use the Pokemon that you catch on Pokemon Go, transfer to the app, and use in the actual other games, the main game. So now we are heading to a place of connectivity, which is very important. Like one of my main criticisms towards Nintendo games mm -hmm. is that they had a they have a huge as library of games that goes back from the NES for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay, and now Nintendo is focusing on re-releasing those games for the Switch. So if you apply to the membership of Nintendo Switch Online uh, and this expansion pack, you can play a lot of old-ass games. A lot of games from the NES, a lot of games from the Super Nintendo system, games from Nintendo 64 for the Game Boy and stuff. So I'm hoping that at some point they re-release the old games of, of Pokemon since the, the, the late 90s. Right. And some way you can connect all of them and use like right? so you can play an old ass game and still use that Pokemon in a brand new game. You can kind of do that, but it's not as efficient now because you still have to use an old ass 3DS that is not being produced anymore, old app of that. So it's not as easy, but I think that going forward, if they are smart, they're going to connect all the games. Yeah, we have a young Mr. Hamble saying Nintendo's too hard with their copyright because they go after fans playing their games and people doing esports. I guess that's for doing stuff like this on uh, on Twitch. We're live on Twitch, Danny. Not yeah, allowed on. Yeah, we're not no, live no, on YouTube. Uh, we're not allowed uh, on uh, Justin's right. Like Nintendo is very adamant about like keeping their games. Like a lot of. A lot of games of Nintendo, especially the old ones, they're very easily to emulate in PC. Right. Actually, that even the Switch for nowadays, you can use emulators for the Switch, and emulators kind it is in a limbo because technically the emulators themselves not a problem, but if you download the ROM to play in an emulator, that's called piracy. Right. So it's kind of difficult like pokemon is one of the most emulated games like a lot of people i know a lot of people that never had a game boy but played pokemon in their pcs using emulators cell phone has emulators like apps on them so you can play like nintendo games on a cell phone like that's very problematic 
they come after people, especially playing Smash Brothers. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really watch, like, I, the only person I watch playing video games online is I watch Ferris do the... Uh, the FIFA? The FIFA stuff, because it's under, you know, the LGR brand. It's under Starting Eleven, a show that I'm, you know, uniquely uh, proud of. So uh, there's no England league going on, but now you guys are fucking playing FIFA. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of the World Cup stuff anyways. I, I, I like the club team stuff. Yeah, they sued a guy. No, no shit with the last name Bowser. What? What if that was his real last name? What if his last name was actually like Look, Rick, I Rick Bowser? Pretty I good. think this, this is a problem of Nintendo. Like, I played very recently, like some months ago, Pokemon Coliseum. It was a 2003 game that was for the GameCube. The GameCube. Yeah. The, the, the console that was after Nintendo 64, but uh, before. I remember the GameCube. Week. I remember GameCube. It wasn't that big, so it was between 64 64. People remember a little bit more. And it was before the U. Yeah. The Wii. Not the UU, the Wii, the first Wii. And if somebody wants to play the game, they either have to find a very old ass GameCube or emulate. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is a major problem. Like Nintendo should really focus on the huge as lever. There are a thousand Mario games. There are there are many Zelda games. And many Metroid games, Kirby games, Pokemon games mm-hmm. that were very huge success in the past, and you don't have the opportunity to play right now, even if you have a Switch. Like, so, so you can't play, say, like Ocarina of Time, those kind of those old. No, Ocarina of Time now you can play. Some titles now are available. Like some, I think Ocarina of Time is available now for the Switch. I think. Uh, Mario 64 is available on Switch, like the, some of the Mario. So, very huge titles, yes, but not all the titles. Like, I can't play... Oh, my gosh. Oh. They released from prison. Oh, Has yeah. Pay... I didn't saw the... Has to pay Nintendo 10 million bucks. Unbelievable. Oh, Virtual Vixen. Nice. Yeah, that's incredible. Like so, oh so, lot, so if you buy a switch right now, you can play some classic titles, yeah. But you still have to buy the switch, buy the membership, and the not the basic membership is the the premium version, like you think the switch you think, is the switch worth it? Are you enjoying like I have a PlayStation 4? Like and I do not play. I think the switch has been like I think the Switch is the most creative and it deserves the praise, I think, because Nintendo always had their console and their handheld. And because of the target audience, because of a lot of stuff, Nintendo never really competed with Sony and, and, and Microsoft. The hardware of the consoles of Nintendo was never as good. Actually, there are a lot of small game studios that their their main product is to adapt, is to convert, is to port titles to the Switch. Mm -hmm. Because you can actually put the original game. Some games are already between house to be 
playable on the Switch, but some games you have to really adapt to make them playable on the Switch because of such hardware difference. But I think the idea of combining console with handheld is... is... Nintendo seems like a bunch of jerks. Yeah, I ne- I didn't know about the that tournament of of Smash Bros. Like the it's like who are like I get it. People that are in the tournament are probably like guys that are great big fat guys and stuff like that that you know have no life. But no, like, necessarily. You can talk like, about the, a little bit about like, esports. Can you imagine going after little kids because they want to play your game? Like I I, I don't yeah, understand. Let's like, have a good conversation about esports, but before that. The answer is Mark. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I was gonna say, are we finished warming up? Because yeah. it's about that. So esports. Yeah. See, I, think, I thought I thought esports was like, like the electronic version of sports, like FIFA. I know and NHL. I know considered esports, but then I've heard like there's things like like the kids. Like my my wife plays World of Warcraft, as you know, like all the time. I don't think that's a sport type game, but like those leagues of legends and stuff like yeah, that. Uh, no, actually, we have the acting producer in the background. I have to ask a serious question, right? Oh, first, time, shit. first time on the job tonight. Oh, my God. In that intro, yeah, Snark has a very menacing, evil looking, balled up fist in the middle picture. I want to know what Snark's thought process was during why he was holding his fist in such an angry fashion. Like, what was happening during that photo? That is a mismatch. Uh, it's a mashup of two pictures, uh, Justin. Uh, one uh, where I'm wearing this guy. I'm wearing this guy. And I, I had a picture taken of me while I'm going like this because I'm, I'm a luchador wrestler while out having dinner. And uh, the second one is that picture of the, uh, the cigar while I'm in Mexico, uh, hammered with my buddy, uh, yeah, that's time. the one I'm referring to, the one with the cigar. Yeah. Like you those, had the those, fist yeah. balled up. Again, that, but that, again yeah. those are the two pictures put together. We have an amazing uh graphics guy named Alex, and he yeah. Alex matched up. He took the he took the face that they had of the, the cigar and put mm-hmm. on the lucha door. I'll I'll send you the two pictures later, Justin. If you want. And uh also it's not, you know. I I don't know if they're on my Instagram. Probably not. And anyways, it doesn't matter because everyone always thinks that my buddy Julio is me in the Instagram. Famously Danny and Ferris. Oh, yes. You're a friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's esports. Like, World of Warcraft has a competitive league, I know. I don't know if they have tournaments that has prize money involved. But I'm very sure they have a very competitive division, that's for sure. But now, esports, not just like 
sports games competitive mm-hmm. online. Like it's yeah. racing, it's FPS, it is League of Legends, RPGs, and, and stuff like that. So, for you, you are a sports guy. Like, do you think that's weird that people playing games like now it's considered kind of a sport? Here's yep. Oh, here you go. They, they do have... Oh, this is that PvP stuff or whatever? That's, like She doesn't play the player versus player stuff, but I imagine this is what it would be. This yeah, really that's the, the eSports sign of work. How to compete. Oof. I could ask her. I wonder if she's... She's in, like, this guild, and, like, she's in a raid right now. She's in a raid every Sunday. No, 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 but that's, that's PvE. That's that player versus environment. That, that's yeah. Wait, your wife? Really are you saying that your wife is a big World of Warcraft player? Mm-hmm. Huge. Is 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 she gonna play hardcore mode and classic when it's released? I have no idea. <laughs> you know what? The classic one, I know. The classic one where it's like you'd set up a group of uh, orcs or something like that, and then you tell them to go to this place, and they go, "Yes, man." No, no, we're talking about classic World of Warcraft. But, no, uh, no, no, you're not talking about the. First Warcraft game is talking about the first version of Warcraft. Yeah, I don't know. I would imagine so. I remember that the those guys kept doing a whole bunch of stuff uh, and tweaking the game and putting it in all kinds of different. I, have, I know that people rebelled against that and went back to an early. I game. made some good friends playing Classic last year, but I kind of got burned out of the game a little bit. Like, I love RPG. Pokemon's an RPG, but at some point, like, the problem with World of Warcraft is that at some point, the grinding becomes a little bit too much. It's a problem for all RPGs, not World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. but it, and, it, and the engagement level that you need to have to play the more hardcore stuff has to be good, like a raid that, that your wife is doing like that's not something simple it requires uh knowledge of the game yeah to be successful well and also a, an entire group of people to do it there's not one person that could just go do oh yeah that. And I, oh, that, that's one of the good signs of like or could you like one of the the interesting things that we're talking about pokemon is that pokemon it's really investing in its multiplayer in terms of PvE, in terms of players versus environment. Because for the longest time, Pokemon was a single-player game where you have the option, you're incentivized to multiplayer in terms of trading Pokemon or battling Pokemon with your friends, but not as much. And since did a release of Sword and Shield some years ago. Now you have this cooperative plate. Now there are raids in Pokemon that you team up. Not with 16 people. I think it's groups of like four people to battle these huge ass Pokemons and, and, and capture them. The Pokemons are really trying to invest it because like the RPGs, they, they need to... They, they really have to find a way to be marked to, to multiplayer people, you know. And okay. there and some RPGs like like to do the massive online stuff like 
World of Warcraft, Elder Scrolls Online, Star Wars The Old Republic, Star Wars Galaxy back in the day. Like there are more single player focus, like the 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 single player version of Elder Scrolls, of course. Zelda, Final Fantasy. You know, the Final Fantasy also has its multiplayer MMO. Yeah, that's yeah. different. Like that came out, I believe, with twelve. And I was always, I grew up like that was my my favorite uh, uh, RPGs ever since it came out with Nintendo, the original Nintendo Final Fantasy, the first Final Fantasy. The second one was quite good, uh, but like they had that string seven, eight, nine, and ten were such good games. But that's really I where I play off the role playing games. It's like, I never, I never played a Final Fantasy game. I need to rectify that at some point. Like one of the things Final that. Fantasy? No, I never played it. No. I have to. I keep having to remind myself I'm much older than most people on this channel. It's like, yeah, like that came out like that. Like I think Final Fantasy came out. What was it? Eighty eight, something like that. I would have been. I don't want to say how old I would have been, but I would have been old enough to know when it came out. I'm also. I'm a great. I'm a big like advocate that some games, like some genres of gaming, like they fit to different styles of people. Like RPGs, for instance. Like then we can put Pokemon Final Fantasy. How is, okay, wait a uh, how is Pokemon uh, an RPG, though? Do you, it like... Yeah, no, I just don't understand it. Oh, is it because you collect uh, experience points and stuff like that? Is that what Yeah, when you, when, when you get a Pokemon, you can train it, and as it's level up, it the stats grow big, bigger. It has new attacks and stuff. It is an RPG. I have a question. Yeah. I have a yeah, question. Well, if I can add, I, I'll add this real quick too about RPGs. I'm also a big RPG Please. player, but <clears throat> thing about RPGs is it's bled into almost every genre of game, which is crazy because RPGs became so big at one time. Like think about it. Even Call of Duty, for instance, like a game that has like just first-person shooter has RPG elements uh, yes. along with a lot of other games like single player games where you're telling a story now implement a lot of like, Oh, you can buy better weapons. You can upgrade your stuff. You may even gain experience and level up and gain new abilities. Those are all RPG elements that yeah. are prevalent in almost every video game out there today. Yeah, that, that's very true. Like the, the, the elements of like video games, of RPGs, like it's almost in every single game now. GTA has RPG elements. Call of Duty has RPG elements because it's very simple, you know. RPG exists way before video games, and uh, those mechanics make sense, you know. So Dungeons and Dragons, right? That's what I'm thinking. D and D exists for the longest time. So and the it's a very common language. For people, you know, like again, you do some stuff, you get rewards, you get experience, you get you become stronger, and then you do more stuff to get more stronger. Like it, it's what they call the gaming loop. Right. Uh, all games, like they feel like I'm not a game developer. I have friends that are game developers. Like the main, the most important thing when you create a video game is to create the game loop. Okay. So, like, let's say, like, an RPG. How, how normally an RPG works. Yeah. Oh, 
Besides telling a story, for instance, like it, it has to incentivize you to do the stuff. So in the way, okay, you want to defeat that boss, for you to defeat that boss, you need to kill those guys to get those guys, to get a reward that gets you stronger so you can kill the boss, then you get a reward, get stronger to kill the other guy, and then you create the engagement loop to incentivize a person to, to play. And all games are built in that philosophy, like in order for you to to advance the next level or an, or an FPS, you need to know how to aim, how to shoot, how to choose the better weapons, know your position, know your cover and stuff like that. So, and the whole idea of like experience level and stuff like that is a very common language for people. So it's not, it's not unusual that basically all games have some sort of an RPG element. RPG also always was great in terms of customization of creating your character and stuff, and a lot of games likes doing that, so you have your version of your character and stuff like that. Uh, I'll throw this in real quick, too, just because I know a lot about the subject. I didn't actually mean to, like, butt in a couple times, but... Well, you're welcome. Yeah, the thing about this is, is, like, uh, Danny will probably agree with this, too, a lot of games, because they want longevity, are going to what is called like a live service format. And Danny's right to like keep you interested in these type of games that keep getting like updated and everything else. There has to be sometimes a lot of RPG elements to keep you interested in, say, the story for that you to build upon other things that they're trying to add to the game. Right. So like even your first person shooters and stuff like that, they used to back in the day just release a game and that was it. What you got, you got right. Now, you know, it started out being some small things like downloadable content, the DLCs that used to be for like Call of Duty, stuff like, you know, the added different maps and stuff. But now they want to keep these games going like Diablo 4 at the moment, stuff like that. Like that's a big RPG style game. Uh, Grand Theft Auto famously has been going on for years and still. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing, right? Because these games are going more live service where instead of you buying a game and that's it, now they you buy a game and then you play it and they update it throughout. Breaking, breaking news, breaking news, Justin. I texted my wife and she says, LOL, no idea what you mean. So. Wait, but oh, what did dang. you ask her? What did the you hardcore. Ask her? I was asking yeah. her if she's playing the hardcore WoW. So like WoW is about to introduce hardcore servers, which means like, when you play WoW, you're playing the classic game, like level one through 60. But the point is, is if you die, you can't use your character anymore. You have to create a new character. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. I doubt it. Well, she has so many. I, I can't remember how many characters she has. Just, just there's so many classes, and she just, has like a bunch of them. Just ask her this. Is, is her playing classic, or is it her playing retail? Are you playing classic or retail? I guarantee you she likes retail because, you know, uh, her feminine side probably, like, catches on to the pet battles and stuff is what I'd guess. I don't know. I bet you she right. loves the pet battles. Actually, and the pet battles is very influenced by Pokemon. Uh, there, she says there's classic and the other. Uh, I have six tunes that I play more. I said, I'm going to say, like, uh, uh, will... You play a version. When your tune dies, you can't re you can't ever use it again. 
I didn't know they were creating this permadeath hardcore service. That's that's very interesting. That's very interesting for sure. She says retail, I guess. I've played classic though, but I'm still writing. Hold on. Where you you your tune dies forever. Like one of the things that is always been to debate about games that for the longest times games were considered a product. So right. like, you go to the store, you buy the the box comes with the <laughs> I got a I got a very quick answer if you'd like what? to know it. Uh, it says fuck no. So there you go. That's her that's her answer. Uh, of course my wife is a world famous potty mouth. Nothing like me. She'll never play a hardcore server then? I don't think she would. Yeah, I wouldn't play like that. No, nah, man, I would, I would love to team up. Oh, I ain't gonna lie to you. I would love to team up with Danny and level it up together with Danny with the fact that, like, we can't die. Like, we have to, like, survive. That could be fun, yeah. man. That could be fun. Man, that yeah. is fun, but, like, for, like, like, dungeons and stuff like that, like, like, yeah, like, you're not walking in there all willy nilly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not, yeah. Like, like the regular game, you would just go in there with anybody almost just to get the dungeon through, so you can do some quests. But you can't just walk in the dungeon. Like, I think it would be fun. The dungeons actually being dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, oh crap, like I'm gonna be able to breeze through this. Like, you're not just gonna walk into the dungeon without at least okay gear at some point and stuff. But uh, Danny, bringing something back from back in our day. We probably should start this and maybe even use Twitch for this, man, if we can get everybody back on the groove. You remember? Maybe we can get Snark involved when we all downloaded uh, Knights of the Old Republic SWOTOR, the actual online RPG <clears throat> multiplayer online game, and uh, we were making the LGR, the Let's Get Ready uh, uh, you know, group. Uh, I first need to get my PC to Studio 2, but yeah, of course. I think, I think the, my, my biggest problem with MMOs is that for people that are not hardcore, I'm not calling people stupid, but it's ah. not an easy game to to get introduced to. Like if you never played an RPG, if you never played an MMO RPG, it's not very intuitive for people. Is that the Star Star Wars game? Yeah, there is the World of Warcraft version of Star Wars. That's been yeah. more than I, I've played. I've played Warcraft. I think that's a. Uh, but you played the RTS. You played the the original RTS games, right? Like, no, I play. I played World of Warcraft. I've played it before. No, you played MMO. You played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is. Oh, look at these people. Uh, that's. Oh, so that's, you get your own spaceship? Oh, that girl has robot arms. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's basically the Star, the Star Wars version of World of Warcraft. That's Does that take Star Wars place, the World Republic take outside of outside of all the TV shows and stuff like that. It doesn't have. Yeah, no, yeah. So it was from 2011, so that is even way before the Disney buyout. Mm -hmm. Technically, it follows up the story of Knights of the Old Republic. They are the single player RPGs, but technically, it's not. Uh, me as a hardcore Knights of the Republic guy, I would say that Saltor is its own thing. 
So that's not get too many Star Wars detail. It's an interesting game for sure. But I never played it. I never played the original thing. I always look if you played a little bit of World of Warcraft. Like this actually is one of the big criticisms of Sotor. So to understand Sotor, you need to understand two thousand two. Bioware created a game like around like after the release of Attack of the Clones, they released a game called Knights of the World Republic that happens four thousand years before A New Hope. Right. And that RPG is considered one of the best games of all time. Not just a Star Wars game, but all games. I played it a lot of times. Kevin's Matt's played a lot of times, is well known of creating machine uh, films of of culture, basically adapt the game into a trilogy of films, and they did series and other other stuff. Kevin's Mets did that. Of course, then they released a sequel called Knights of the Republic 2, The Stiff Lords, which for me is even better than the first one. That's a very good never heard of it. Right. And one of the and and this is one of the main tragedies of Star Wars gaming is that Knights of the Old Republic never had its third stomach. It never had the end of the trilogy. Because actually, Kotor 2 kind of end like Empire Strikes Back, like kind of in a cliffhanger. Right. So, five years later, they decided to create Star Wars The Old Republic that took the Knights of away. As an RPG, MMORPG, Let's remember that this is not the first Star Wars MMO. There was Star Wars Galaxy back in the early 2000s. Okay. But there were, uh, there were updates to that game that kind of ruined the game, so Star Wars Galaxy kind of, kind of died. So Lucasfilm, LucasArts, it was still LucasArts yep. on the net. Oh my god. My, the cat's going crazy. The LucasArts like wanted to create a new MMO, so they decided to do kind of a spiritual successor to Knights of the World Republic. It was Star Wars: The Old Republic, and it's very interesting that yeah, this is the first. Ah, this is uh, the movie of of Kevin's Matt that he uh, actually takes the engine of Kotor, the first Kotor, and turns it into a movie. That's very cool. That's Kevin's Mets. What a guy. Production. And friend of friend of the channel. Friend of the channel. Friend of the channel. And one of the like I knew Kevin's Mets because of this way, 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 way before. Okay. And one of the funny things about the development of Swaltor, of Star Wars World Republic, is that Electronic Arts and Bioware, they wanted to create the World of Warcraft kill. They wanted to dethrone a World of Warcraft as the most played, the most popular, the most famous MMO ever played. Okay. And it's kind of fun because when they were developing the, uh, the, the game, the third expansion, uh, Cataclysm for World of Warcraft was already out. And there are a lot of people that said that World of Warcraft kind of sucked after Wrath of the Lich King. That was the second expansion 
of World of Warcraft. So they really had the momentum. The problem is that the Solar Republic was one of the most expensive games ever made in, uh, at that time. And it really is an World of Warcraft version of Soul Wars. Like that that fucking thing is a copycat. Gameplay wise, like <laughs> it was like almost it was basically World of Warcraft with a Star Wars game. Right. And that created a lot of problems because yes, they wanted to get those World of Warcraft players to play that game, but there are a lot of stuff that World of Warcraft already upgraded that Sotor didn't. By the time, there were a lot of people that was hoping for uh, Knights of the World Republic 3 or disappointed with Sotor. I was one of them. Because, like, it didn't look like uh, Knights of the World Republic games. And even though at launch it didn't fail, it really didn't succeed in keeping its player play, base. Right. So, even though it's still alive to this day, which I think is phenomenal, for as long as time, Soltor has been a dying game. It doesn't have the same investment, doesn't have the same attention, the same dedication that World of Warcraft, even with all the problems that it had and Blizzard had in recent years, still going kind of strong. And Sotor, like, it's still surviving. Somehow, it's still surviving. They're not doing, not like, big... the big expansions, like World of Warcraft always hey, does. So... They get some expansions, but, like, not... They, they don't have as much money and much resources as World of Warcraft. Right. Hey, I got a request. Oh, We're right. talking about the subject. Why don't we introduce Snark, since we're on the subject of this particular game, okay. to reacting, y'all live reacting to one of the SWOTOR trailers for one of the expansions. Hey, you ever watched a SWOTOR trailer, Snark? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Going to put, it, put the first one, Justin, the very first one. We got a I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do the very first one. I'm gonna throw like I think it's the second one that had came out just because uh I like it a little better. So uh I just want to uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, the first screen. one is the first one. You're not going to put that one that everybody loves. It is the one on Coruscant to see so the first one. That, that's the first one. Does it have death sticks? I know that about Coruscant. Okay, here we go. 4K Ultra HD. Oh my god. Say gore. Oh my goodness. I'm not hearing anything. Do you hear anything? A little bit. Now I get a little better. No, oh, yeah, it's great. Ooh. Our time has come. For three hundred years, not gonna lie, I love this. That's a Jedi Academy. Stronger. This really came out in two thousand nine. This thing is old and looks pure. Hmm. Believing your people were safe and protected. <laughs> that guy doesn't seem very nice. It's like if you look at the Twitch. Oh, it's Boba Fett. 
if you look at the Twitch, uh, my Twitch handle, that's actually the name of this gentleman. You were trusted oh, yeah? to lead the Republic, but you were deceived. It's not a Boba Fett, it's a Mandalorian, right? powers of the dark side have you. Oh, shit. <laughs> That guy's hammered. You assumed no force could challenge you. Oh, who's this guy? It looks like a Darth Vader. Oh! Oh, I know that song. Oh, look at all the Darth Vaders! Finally, we have returned. Bro, this is what new movies could be, man. Yeah. They just got to go back to the old couple. <laughs> hey. Bro, this is going to be one of the best fight scenes you ever seen in Star Wars, Snark. Oh, shit. That guy does look like Darth Vader without his helmet on. Yeah, oh, this is like one of my nitpicks with deceived. Everything looks too modern. Oh, he killed him. Now, your Republic shall fall. Just cut him in half? Uh, no. Nice. Oh, the Star Destroyer is a dissimilar Two thousand nine, guys. That was is this fucking fourteen years old? Oh no. I can say one thing. That guy doesn't seem very nice at all. The old Republic. I yeah, like bro. it. Yeah, that that right there is just some awesome, amazing stuff right there, man. Because like straight up 100%, like Darth Malgus is one of my favorite characters in Star oh, Wars. That, oh, period. that's what that guy's name is? That's the name of the guy. His name's Darth Malgus. And he's like one of the leaders during this time. But that's why people want the old Republic to be told stories about. So like, look at that army of Sith that comes running out. There's not just one or two. There's like 10, 20, 15 Sith users that jump out in the middle of the Jedi temple and battle like another 15 or 20 Jedis at the same time. That's what kind of like action you could have if we went back that to that time. Do you think it's pretty ridiculous, that rule of two thing that they made up in the... No, because the, the rule of two actually makes sense with being the, the canon of Star Wars. Because the main thing is that... And the... And, the expanded universe kind of uh, explains that, but canon too. Like every time the Sith join together as an external force to dominate the Republic, everybody would join together with the Jedi to fight them, and that would happen a lot of times throughout the history of the galaxy until the until the Sith is defeated. 
the main thing of Rule of Two is you corrupt the system so much that by the time that you are in power, people are going to give you power and let the Jedi die, and that's exactly what happens with when Darth Sidious is in power. Like he he converts the public opinion against the Jedi. He creates like he doesn't need to dominate externally the galaxy. He, the galaxy gives power to him. And by the time they realize that they made wrong, it's already too late. And it's, very, it's one of the very interesting things that not many people in the Star Wars galaxy know that Palpatine is it. Right. right. Very few people know that. Like, it's something very interesting that... Uh, the, the, the Star Wars stars never really focus on that. Like, like not many people know the truth. Like, like a lot of people doesn't know who Darth Vader is. Not a lot of people know who Palpatine is. People still think that he's just a politician. But no, Palpatine is part of this warlock satanic group that tried to overthrow the galaxy for a thousand years. It's very interesting that not many, like, Andor never explored that. Like, the like the those senators have no idea who Pumpkin actually is. It is very it is a very natural progression of the story. So if you go to the old republic and you look at the stuff that was going on then, what the two major factions you have, you know, Jedi and you have the Sith. Now the Jedi, they're basically just like uh black and white, yin and yang kind of feeling like uh they both kind of coexist and the, and the power kind of goes back and forth. But the thing about the two is are really total in a lot of ways total opposites like the sith is one thing the jedi stands for another but the jedi is made to like resist emotion to always be stoic and to keep the emotion down and never feed off of it right whereas the sith being a total opposite thing feeds off the emotion and stuff and the reason why i say it's a great natural progression is because the reason why the rule of two became existed is because Darth Bane realized that because the Sith feed off emotions and outwardly things and bring it all in, it was a bunch of people trying to use the power. It's kind of like using a Wi-Fi network and you're using one by yourself and it works super great and fast, you know, but then you have like 20, that. but then you have 20 or 30 people trying to use the same network of Wi-Fi. It slows down. And that's the same thing that was happening to the Sith. Darth Bane realized it, and that's why uh, he pretty much took over and took out all the other Sith, except for two. One to have the power, and one the thirst for it. And even though in numbers they became small, and in some cases you could say try to say weaker, but because of the power that one or two of them could have uh, shared was greater than the whole. So that is the natural progression because they were all trying to fight and uh, over this small amount of like uh, energy that they could get because of the fact that like all of them were trying to feed on the outward emotions and everything else and bring it in. Well, obviously, if there's less people competing for that same thing and it's just them, they can harness more power individually. So that's why the rule of two happened. And it makes sense because of the total opposites, the Jedi being stoic not using their power, you know, not they're using their power. Boring, boring, <laughs> non-emotional, whereas the Sith are supposed to be emotional. And that's why 
I love the one thing that the sequel trilogy did, for instance, with Kylo Ren, especially in those first couple of movies. He was very, very emotional. And like that scene, like bashes his helmet because he's mad or the or in the first movie when he's like uh, slashing up the computer screens and stuff like that because he got some bad news or whatever. It makes perfectly sense. He's training in the dark side, which is meant for you to harness these emotions. And what I've always told people I like that part in the movie, even though some people tried to say, look at Kylo Ren looking like a kid and acting like a kid. It makes sense because he's still training to be able to harness that power. So think about yourself. You get cut off on the road and, uh, you know, you almost get ran over or whatever, and you get instantly mad really quick. Right. Like you might say some cuss words. You might even like flip, flip them the bird or whatnot because of road oh rage. You got to times that by a hundred or maybe even a thousand if that happens to a Sith, especially if they're not able to harness the power correctly and control it, they're going to lash out. They're going to do something that seems like throwing a tantrum because they just don't know how to harness it. Kylo Ren was eventually able to harness it better as the progression. That's one of the things I'd say is a positive from the sequel trilogy that uh, I would say is a positive out of those three films was like Kylo Ren's progression through the force and being able to harness the dark side. Did you read those new uh, Old Republic novels or whatever that came out there are no old republic novels neil oh oh high republic there is oh high republic so this has nothing to do with that this is even before that those those movies all right republic technically high republic would be after the old republic like the old republic and after the Sith is considered extinct that would be around a thousand years before episode one so, no one thousand years before there was a big, huge as war. Tech, they, the Jedi believe the Sims the Sims to be extinct. That actually is not true. Darth Bane survives and states the rule of two in secret. And so, the period between that that the end of that war and Episode One is considered the High Republic, where technically there are no Siths, the Republic expanding. The Jedi cool and stuff. So technically, is that? But I didn't read, but just read those. Books. Yes. Right. I just. He doesn't care. Yeah, I did read some of the High Republic. I kind of fell off. I probably need to start back up on them. I actually enjoyed like a couple of the first stories that I read uh, through there. I thought they brought a very interesting character into there. Uh, uh, that was kind of cool because he was like a little bit different than say like a, just a normal Sith user or whatever. There was a, like, I thought that was pretty interesting dynamic and I kind of want to see like where the rest of the story goes, but I wasn't going to buy like the children's novel. Like they made a bunch of children's novels. So I was really just focusing on the main literature, the main novels. But yeah, uh, I think there was a good, some good stuff in there. Uh, people don't talk about it as much and everything else, but I kind of do want to get back into it and, uh, read some of the further novels that was released afterwards. Is this yeah. what you're? Is this what you're hoping for? Like with the the new movies, the new Star Wars movies. Like I'm gonna say, the the shows and stuff like that, the ones that have less to do with like canon style characters and stuff like that, except like Andor. Legendary. I, I love I loved Andor. Mandalorian is great. Uh, the stuff with Boba Fett, I did not like. The stuff, the Obi Wan movie or the Obi Wan TV show, I hated. I couldn't stand it. I'm looking forward to seeing Star Wars character, like the Star Wars kind of universe without the Star. Wars I, I think your opinion on Obi Wan stinks. I think your opinion on Obi Wan stinks. But Listen, uh, I'm gonna give you this. 
I'm just gonna say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick. I, yeah, well, yeah, you know how. Yeah. I mean, real quick for yeah, me, it's like two and a half minutes. We get it. We get but no, real quick though, I just want to say that I actually think that uh, Disney and, and Lucasfilm has a chance to do something great here. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that they're trying to do. I I like the possibility of what may happen here. I love the fact that they produced the timeline of the Star Wars with Old Republic, High Republic, and then you have uh, the the stuff that's happening in like the newer age, like so the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy. I love the idea, and if they could make some great movies, this could be super fantastic of them having an action plan over here with the stuff with the sequel trilogy and that kind of era, like with the Mandalorian and everything, maybe with a movie after the sequel trilogy and stuff like that, right, playing in that world. I would right. love the fact of them having a high Republic style movie in that world and also doing what they're planning with James Mangold and doing like the start of what would be the old the dawn of Jedi, the dawn of the Jedi. Right. The thing I think is awesome here is the fact that you would have three major groups of timelines that you could play with here, telling different styles of stories all in the same universe that could technically affect each other in a, in a weird way, like throughout time. But like, if they could put a good team together in each of those groups, I think this could be amazing. Because so, there is good because you have a Star Wars researcher here too. That was done in the comics in the expanded yeah. universe. Uh, uh, when they had the old, they there was a, when Star Wars comics was under Dark Horse Comics back in the day. They had like four. They had four main lines of publishing. There was a, a Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic comics. Then there was a Clone Wars era uh, comics. Then it was original thriller, trilogy era comics. And then there was the legacy era that would be like what the sequel trilogy now is. And they actually did a whole storyline that began the Old Republic and happened. And then it continued through all the different ages and it 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 was it ended by the, the time of the legacy era, what you know the sequel trilogy. So if they are smart, they could look at that idea and like they can introduce a character that Let's say he's the first Jedi to go to the dark side. Technically, in the expanded universe, that would be a Junta Paul. I think that's his name. Let's say that the move Dawn of Jedi, the villain is this guy, Junta Paul, the first Jedi to fall to the dark side. And instead of killing him, they imprison him. And he lives up to the to now the to the agent of Ray and some. And somehow he returns. That's the way that you can do it. Evolve, technically needing to bring up a Sith again, you could do that or something like that. The old books before before the Disney buyout that was in the sequel era, they introduced the character of the mother. So there are the more the gods, like the daughter, the father, the son. Where is the fucking mother? And she's like a lost monster slash demon and Star Wars universe. That would be an interesting villain too. That is not a Sith. 
to be used. So, like, there are ideas, there are concepts that were created in the past that can be reused in the future. I just think they need to do, like, sometimes I feel that the creators of Star Wars, they like on research of what was made before them. Right. A lot of times. I'm not talking about Filoni. I'll talk about the other guys. But I even Filoni, like, there, there is... And we talked about this. There is a there is a fear in Lucasfilm to revisit old threads on the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, they kind of do it in a lazy way, like Palpatine's back. That's what is an idea from the expanded universe. That is Dark Empire, one of the famous comics that brought Palpatine back. But they are very afraid of going back, like oh, Republic. Like they never did anything of the Republic. Did has has what Lucasfilm for ten years now. Nothing new has been done that is old Republic ones. Yeah. So like my biggest thing is, is I just think it's ridiculous that you had these like stories that most Star Wars, if not all Star Wars fans, love, like the Darth Bane trilogy, the old Republic stuff for the game. Um, you had the even like a Darth Plagueis book that most people love and care about. And I get why when they first took over, they wanted to kind of say they're legendary stories. But just because they become legends and stories doesn't mean they're not stories to tell. To me, they should have way before now. And I just think they would have drew the big, the, the big, huge Star Wars fan base. Some of them think they got ostracized in the moment, right? Because they love some of that stuff. They should have just... They wanted to make the new project, and I get it. They should have started with that, right? They should have started with The Force Awakens like they did. Maybe they could have did a better job. People could argue about that. But I think that was an okay idea, right, to start making this new trilogy in the Skywalker saga or whatever. But at the same time, there should have been plans right at the beginning. Why not? Why not tell the story of Darth Bane and the Ruler 2? There is some kick butt stuff. I have, I have. Uh, uh, why a not do a film on that? Why not do a trilogy? I, 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 I have a theory on why is that the case. First of all, the 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 rays of the expanded universe was necessary. Like we're talking about forty years of books, video games, comics, too much stuff for you to keep continuity. It was very difficult. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. They had to do what they did. They had I, to do it. Like, people would know who the fuck was Janus Solo, Jason Solo. There was an Anakin Solo. Chewbacca dies by a moon. Like, don't forget about Luke. Luke, like, literally, it was necessary. It was necessary. Yeah, Star but, literally had a character known as Luke. And the reason why we say in the name longer is because it was just Luke spelled with a bunch of U's in the middle. Yeah, it was a clone, uh, a dark side clone of Luke. That actually is in the Tron trilogy, actually, this character. In the famous Tron trilogy. The thing is... And I read I, the I, Tron trilogy. I don't remember that. I read them all. I don't I, remember Luke. Luke is from the Tron trilogy. Uh, I Tron, read, I, with the help of Joris Kaboth, um, clones Luke. Oh, okay. No, this is I read it in the nineties, so it's been it's got guys, it's been a while. It's been a while since I read it. Uh yes, but I'll always remember Chewbacca getting crushed by a minute. So Sa- saving theory. Han and Leia's twins. 
the my theory is like in the old expanded universe, the 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 publishing areas was divided in old republic, age of empire with the prequels, age of rebellion with the original trilogy, then new republic, Tron trilogy, and other comics, new Jedi order, other comics after other books after that. Then by the end of the expanded universe, they create legacy, which is even further, like even like after Luke died and stuff, and Dawn of Jedi slash before the Old Republic, that was also created. But that was way, way, way like 2012, like very close to the Disney buyout. And there were a lot of surveys back in the day in the expanded universe, and I told this in the show. The most ironic thing is that when they ask people, hey, which era of publishing do you like the less? It was especially New Jedi Order era and Legacy era. Not so much New Republic, because a lot of people are fans of the Tron trilogy and that happens in that era. But like everything post Return of Jedi, not a lot of people liked. Like Chewbacca dies by a moon, this and that, like. Use them wrong, stuff yeah. like that. And the most beloved, and the people that always had the, the most great ratings, and and people have more passion about it was the Old Republic. So I believe, I tend to believe that the reason why Disney and Lucasfilm never touched the Old Republic is because they. First of all, they wanted to use nostalgia and bring in the old Kubrick egg as the, the marketing sell point. That's for sure. Like, uh, anybody would use that. Besides the, the fact that George Lucas wanted to do a new trilogy nonetheless, so, like, that was Lucas' idea before his house. So that was going to happen anyway. They just continued that idea, that, that project. But the idea is that the Old Republic has a lot of fans. A lot of fans are very tied to those stories, and those stories to be, in order to be retold, it, you have to have adaptations. And and Lucasfilm is very afraid of adapting stuff that was created from one media to another. They're very resistant about that. There are a lot of I great power books, like. Canon books like like Lost Stars that people love. You have the story, you have the script, you have a thing. They never adapted. Even the Ahsoka thing, like there was a Ahsoka book that they alone approved. Like that, those stories, like they never. I I don't think that that those stories are going to be referenced in the Ahsoka series. The uh, they are the very afraid of. Reusing material, it even if they already have established fan base. One of the, uh, I, I just think that's one of their biggest mistakes. Uh, literally, and I, I'm not a Kathleen Kennedy hater, like you'll see sometimes online and stuff, and then people getting crazy about it and stuff. And I, I just think they're like off the wall because they go a little too far. But one of the things I could say that Kathleen Kennedy she has issues with is. Well, one of the things I can say about Kathleen Kennedy is like she's not a very good PR person. Like she's not good being there on stage and talking about things. She's not just very good at it. You need she's not, it's an exact. Not her, she's not her, she's not her, she's not her 
But and the other thing I would say is like she literally says comments like uh, somebody was asking her stuff like, oh, yeah, the Star Wars projects. And she's like, we don't have any reference material. No, you got plenty of it. You're just not using it. There's no to me. There is just it was the dumbest decision. <laughs> it's not the dumbest decision to start off a new trilogy like the sequel era right now. Like I said, love it or hate it to begin with, your plan would be to what Danny said. Reference nostalgia, bring some of the old gang back together, kind of. It's thing. a so marketing sell point. Exactly. It, it worked. The Force Awakens was very profitable. Right, but why in the world, at the same time, are you not taking some of these great stories, like Danny admitted, and a lot of people will that loved, and like bring some of those stories? And the great part they could have did is because they made those stories legends. That gives you the right to change some things, like. Hey, these are the legends that you heard, but this is the true story about what happened, right? So you don't even have to follow 100% what those novels did if you tell it like that. So what you could do is, is basically set up the opportunity to make some changes that fits in the world that you want to build, like even earlier on in the Old Republic. And you could actually tell those stories in a little bit of a different way and get away with it. Because your excuse, like I said, would be, hey, the books you read and the stories that you heard were legends which means they changed over time. So they're not exactly what happened, right? They overindulged in some certain areas or something like that, right? Which happens mm -hmm. in regular storytelling from back in the earliest times. So yep. you take that and use that to be able to change some of the nuances in there that you want to change. But for them not having a, a, a story or a movie or even like a show that is set during Raven's story, which is the old Republic story from the KOTOR games, for you not to have that already in plans and set up to try to do the Darth Bane trilogy, like I said earlier, the, the Plagueis trilogy, like a not trilogy, but the Plagueis book, like I said, that would be a super awesome setup for the prequels, because that literally is the things leading politically into what happens in the prequels. And I just yeah, think the Darth Plagueis books is one of the best. Yeah. I mean, people would just eat but, it up and love it. I just think and I just think that's a big mistake they made. Uh, I also believe, and maybe this will change in some years, but I always had the idea that Lucasfilm is a little bit because of George, because there is a very mis-introvert mis like version that George never cared about the, the expanded universe back in the day, which is not true. It's not true. Ayla Secure, like the Jedi Twilight, blue, the, the blue Jedi Twilight, wasn't created by George, and he put he, he put her in the in the prequel movies. George paid attention to those to those products that he licensed. He he wanted to put Dar he put Darth Bane, voiced by Mark Hamill, in the Clone Wars. He wanted to put Darth Revan, like there is a very famous latest scene in the Clone Wars with Revan. The thing is that I always thought that Lucasfilm always saw anything that wasn't movie as a lesser media that shouldn't be paid too much attention. That's ancillary stuff what matters the most. I believe that now with Faith Alone and with the TV shows, they can't treat those products in that regard anymore. Because like Basically, Ahsoka is a continuation of Rebels. Like Clone like Mandalorian wouldn't exist if it wasn't many, many Clone Wars episodes and stuff like this. But 
I, I believe like in terms of books and comic books and video games, like they're still they have the potential of creating a more shared universe, but sometimes I do believe they have this idea that they are less immediate. I got a quick question. Uh, all these other stories for Star Wars seems to take place 2,000 years in the past, 4,000 years before us. I do uh, like the idea that you're saying about the Plagueis thing. I think if you do the Plagueis thing, you could actually keep it in like the Skywalker kind of saga so you could use the Star Wars music and it wouldn't seem out of place. Uh, I'm always just a big fan of that. But what about doing a Star, uh, a Star Wars series like 2,000 years in the future, like 2,000 years after uh, A New Hope. Would there be any interest in something like that? I think like a, 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 a gener like multiple generations where the force has been lost and all of a sudden it picks back up again. What that would be like for, that, Wars, for that thing. Like, Star Wars always had like a problem going forward, then like, like going back because and I... Never understood that because I think it's easier because a lot of things of the past has been already established by the film. Mm -hmm. Like, even though the prequels have a lot of problems, the lore of the Jedi and the Sith—it's stuff that George created as a background for those things. Like Darth Bane is not a creation of some other guy. Like Darth Bane is an idea from George, like the rule of two, the idea of Jedi going at war and stuff like that. I think the problem of going to the future is that every time they try the Star Wars tried, and then I'm taking everything, I'm taking expanding universe basically. It never really resonate with the fans. Okay. Like uh when they're doing the Tron trilogy, after they've done the Tron trilogy, those stories continue, especially in some books and some comic books. And the war between the New Republic's rebels and the Empire was getting tiresome, like when their war is going to end. Different than canon, like the Empire gets defeated in canon. In the expanded universe, they got to an armistice, like... The Empire admits defeat, but they still control part of the galaxy, and the New Republic is free to to be the old the, the New Republic. And then they had this idea of creating the Usenvolk, which would be and very that's very Star Trek even like the Usenvolk were an alien species of another galaxy that invaded the Star Wars galaxy, and they were immune to the Force. So the Yuzumvong became the new villain to be defeated. And it was kind of funny because, like, then the Empire, what was left of the Empire and the New Republic had to team up and defeat the Yuzumvong. And that was a long-ass story. Like, that took 25, 30 books that to, for the, the beginning of the story to the end. It was in that story that Chewbacca dies mm -hmm. in a moon that one of the kids of... Uh, of Hannah and Leia, like Anakin Solo dies, like there's a lot of stuff. Guess what? That story wasn't very well received from the fans. Then they created 
more in recent years, like they created the legacy era, which happens a hundred years after the original trilogy. So kind of what you want. And that would be the descent the of the Skywalkers and stuff. So nobody was alive by that point. Everybody died. Yeah. <laughs> there were like new, a new version of the Sith trying to take over. Wasn't that well received either. I believe is that because for the longest time, we always had the impression that the return of Jedi was the end, the, end, the final chapter. Mm -hmm. The Force is restored, Darth Vader is redeemed, the Emperor is dead, the Rebels won, the galaxy is free, no more safe and stuff. Star Wars has a problem that, okay, who is the next bad? And it kind of has a problem that every time they try to create a new thing, either doesn't fit, like the using bonk doesn't fit. Uh, so let's make the Empire game, but let's call it first corner, like so you basically copycatting the Empire. Or let's bring the Sith again, but then I'm called in Sith. Let's call them Knights of Ran, and then nobody cares. Not, not nothing explainable. All right. Star Wars has a difficulty in, in creating conflict because one of the most established things about Star Wars is the conflict between Jedi and Sith, the light side and the dark side of the Force. If you go away with that, like with the use and Wong, it doesn't feel Star Wars. And if you try to go, get back to that, it feels like a retread, like you either have to create another empire again, or you have to do with the Sith. Or some kind of dark side work. That, that's a problem with Star Wars. Like, so like, they are going to make this new Ray, Ray film, which I'm excited about. They can call it the fucking villains Wunga Gungan. They're going to be somehow a, a version of the Sith. Right. They have to be. But if they're not, it's not going to feel like Star Wars. Star Wars tried to do something new, and it failed with the Yuzum Vong. There are a lot of people that don't want to hear this name ever again, the fucking Yuzum Vong. Do you think they need just to settle on one director, one vision? I think uh, I think it was like uh, the original Star Trek or Star Wars movies uh, had different direct. Like I think George Lucas only directed the first one, right? But it was always his vision running throughout the thing. Uh, no, we haven't talked about Alex Galchenyuk. That is bananas. Uh, but these two would not know anything about. Al they know as much about Alex Galchenyuk as I do about Mrs. Darth Plagueis. You can't say these two. I'm technically the producer behind the scenes. Y'all just yeah, happen to talk one is about a Star Wars. One, one is a poltergeist. One is a poltergeist. Yeah, y'all yeah, yeah, just happen to talk about Star Wars is why I'm getting involved because obviously yeah. that's one of my favorite subjects of all time. We but, start of right. an e then we start to talk about Star Wars because of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, then go ahead. Oh, uh, Alex Galchaniak is a, a professional hockey player. He was drafted very highly, uh, has bumped around to many teams. 
uh, never seemed to settle down. He never reached his potential. Anyways, he was uh, recently signed uh, to the Phoenix Coyotes. Again, I think this is his second or third time at, at, in Phoenix. Anyways, uh, I'm not sure if he's been, uh, if he was drunk under the influence of anything, but uh, he was arrested after, uh, um, uh, I forget what he did. I think he drove into a house or something like that. But uh, yeah, he was saying stuff about to the arresting officer about not only was he going to kill him, he was going to like chop up his wife and kids. Um, and that, uh, yeah, his uh, his life's over because he's arrested him because he has all this power to do all this other stuff. Alex Galchaniak, world-class asshole. Uh, born of Russian parents, but an American citizen. He was born here in the good old, well, there in the good old U.S. of A. But but anyway, you understand that's, that's, that's Alex Kelter is is, is that's the Alex uh, Franks. But you understand, like I think this is the main problem, like going to the future, because Star Wars has this like problem with its villains, its conflict, right? Because in order for you to have a war in the stars, you have to have conflict, and you have somebody to create the conflict. And Star Wars only worked with three times of archetypes of their villains. You either have the dark side user villain that's the Sith, Vader, Emperor, uh, Kyle, Ren, Snoke. You'll have the authority guys so Tarkin, Tron, the Empire, General Hux, stuff like that. Or you have the criminal, have Java, have Boba Fett, you have Star Wars only play with those three archetypes of their games. Right. And anytime they tried to do something a little bit new or different, it didn't fit. So it's easier and it's more popular. I think it is more tasteful for people going back where things are established and feels more natural to that universe than trying to creating something new and not resonating and creating more damage. I think, and they, they kind of ruined it because they wanted to throw him in something quicker. And we're going to get this, I think, a little bit in Ahsoka and stuff like that coming up. But, like, one of the things that I'd have to say is that they did, to me, have the perfect transition bad guy in Thrawn. And I'm talking about the original Thrawn trilogy, right? You had this whole situation with a new hope and the original trilogy where you had the emperor you had darth vader which are these big time sis and everything else i did think in a way and you would need to change that story a little bit you know uh, but if you would have took thrawn into the next uh transition where you had this really smart chess guy coming out of like this different unknown region section he's mysterious and he takes control of the remnants of the empire because he's such a great military mind and you had that style of enemy, right? Um, maybe he gets a couple of force users that's kind of the dark side to help him out or whatever. That was and that kind of thing. Going to be but yeah, they perfect. could have, I thought they could have the perfect transition to Thrawn at that point because uh, he is like a different kind of character. You go from that Sith overpowering the galaxy to now this guy that's a great military mind. Like he's going to beat you with his brain because he's going to outsmart you and know step by step. And that's a totally different kind of bad guy that I thought would be in a perfect. Tron, yeah. like what, what made people love Tron is the fact that he's not powerful as Vader or the Emperor. He's not a Sith. And he's not like a 
chunky criminal like Java. He is just a very smart dude. He's like he's like a very a very Lex Luthor version of, of Star Wars. Like he's like Lex Luthor, like Doc Ock. He's like uh, trying to think about somebody else that is like the brains. I keep thinking you're saying Lex Luger. No, Lex Luthor. <laughs> Performer. Like no, like the, this position. He was a former heavyweight champion. All right. The 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 inspirational front was Sherlock Holmes. So that was interesting. Like Trump doesn't have any anything special about him. He's just intelligent. Yeah, very intelligent. But well, that makes him an interesting villain. But he's still in the military area. And he was what was the thing about him? It's like he he. He Greatest. finds out who people are, who cultures are because of their art. He can break people down because of their art. Is that right? There you go. What was it? The what was it? The human? What was it that mo, mo, Justin? You'd probably know. You're a wrestling guy. The human torture rack. The human torture rack. But you should show. Oh, there's a picture at that top. Uh, well, there's a picture of Lex Luger now. Not Lex great. Luger. Lex Luger now. Not great. He's had to set some problems. Had some problems. Anyways, Big Daddy Lex Luger. Yeah, it was called the torture rack. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest here. I think that sometimes we make things too complicated. Uh, like, because Danny, I think is right. Like, right, trying to be creative and come up with this new kind of bad guy and everything else. Like, my thing is, is you don't really have to have a different kind of bad guy in Star Wars. You just have to have a creative way for them to be evolved, right? So, like, you can take anyone with a story. And you can set them up to where something happens and, and and drives them to the dark side, right? And then make them just a cool design character, maybe. But you don't have to be too complicated with it. You just have to have them have a red saber. They don't even have to have, like, a true different style. Like, Kylo, you know, they tried to get fancy with this kind of saber that he had. I just don't think you have to be, like... Uh, trying so hard into creating this evolutionary bad guy. I think you could still do an old school Sith bad guy and just make an interesting story around the character of why they became bad. Does, right? he, like, does, what he, even need a, does he even need a lightsaber? Like uh, uh, the Emperor never had a lightsaber, right? And he was the worst. No, no. He had, he had light lightsabers. Oh, I didn't even I mean, he had a lightsaber. He, he whooped Darth Maul and uh, Savage Press's ass. He, like, he, had, he was a dual user. He yeah, two. he was actually two lightsabers. He actually had two lightsabers, Snark. Oh my god. I but, don't remember like, that. No, for real. I just now, in Revenge of the Hestip, he only used one, but actually technically has two. I just don't think you have to get too complicated with it. You give him a story. Like, say Darth Bane's not super complicated. He was just a guy that realized, like I was talking about earlier, that the rule of two would be the better way to go so they could harness more of the power individually. And uh he had a, a an apprentice and the and it he wasn't like this super complicated thing. He was just this person that had this certain particular thing and reason why he did what he did. And I think you could have anybody come in. That's like just a Sith, but it would be interesting to see the story of how, why this person's a Sith, right? Like kind of like with Anakin, why did Anakin turn bad? That's one of the great things about the prequels. You get to see this evolutionary from a character of Anakin Skywalker turning into Vader. You could do a little bit of the same thing, bring a character in that has a reason, right? Like, and make it justifiable, right? Like make it almost sympathetic. I, I would say 
almost like a Thanos style character where you know he's the bad guy and you think he's the bad guy, but you also question could that person be right? You know, give them some justification of hey, like why they might be there and everything else. And uh, to be honest well, with you, I just I just think sometimes in life, and, and this is in general, this ain't even just about Star Wars, that a lot of people get into their head and they try to make things way too difficult. Just make a good character. I would say that like because you made the comparison with Star Trek as yeah, hard like in some ways Star Wars is what. Not on purpose. I accidentally said Star Trek. No, no, no. But, like, Star Trek is more volatile. Like, Star Trek has millions of stars in different uh, timelines, in different uh, positions in time and stuff like that. The, mm -hmm. the original series happens in one, then the, the next generation another, Deep Space Nine. Like, Star Wars, in some way, can become more like Star Trek, that you can have stories in different periods of time but if you look at it star wars has some story line uh, constructs that star trek doesn't have star trek premise like you go and explore space and you find the the weird scientific stuff there in star wars normally you have only three types of of ways to tell a story is either a story that is more mystical jedi light versus dark thing or you have more the political commentary of alter of like people that are authoritarians and stuff like andor or you have like the good old lucky adventure like let's save the prince let's save the guy let's stop the robbers stuff like that you can't get uh, too much away from that yeah like with stones so like, one of the things that I like about Andor was that not only the tone was different, of course, but each each show, like what Justin said, you don't need too much to make a villain. Like, one of the villains of Andor is that dude that was working in that stuff, and he didn't like Andor, and then he got fired. But he, he he's the stereotype of the guy that li likes being live likes living in an authoritarian regime you know the guy that i'm talking about the andor which guy the guy that try that was working the in the beginning like the that guild i don't know what that was fucking called and then he the gets guy fired was he goes to his mama's house and he eats cereal yeah yeah, yeah that, i like that guy i like that guy now, like that guy is a villain, and he's just the stereotype of of of, of a your normal, ordinary, day to day fascist, like a guy that's just like being authoritarian. Yeah. Like this is one of the things that Star Wars can have as a villain, like yes. the guy that just. Yeah, they can get, they can make Star Wars smaller. I think that'd yeah. be a great idea. Just makes but the problem is not but the problem is not the the problem is not the 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 scale of Star Wars. You don't think? Like how many how many stories of hey let's protect those villages from the pirates you need from Star Wars? That's a small story that has been told millions of times in Rebels, in Clone Wars, in Mandalorian. 
Buck Yander. Yep. Star Wars can be a little bit different from that, too, by the way. Yeah. Star Wars can be about spies. They can be about political stuff. They can be about anything they want. They have to set it in a crazy place, and people have to look different. That's um, all. I, I'm very excited for the Ahsoka series. I really am. Like, I'm a Rebels fan. I'm a Clone Wars fan. It looks good, dude. It looks good. I have never seen... It the, legitimately I've, looks I've, good. I've, the only stuff I've ever seen of uh, like the Clone Wars was that arc where basically the Jedi set up... Uh, Great Taliban. I'm going to repeat this the, Taliban, the, the Jedi set up the Taliban. <laughs> Look, I think there's just a lot of different directions and, and like fun things you could do. Like you could take a character like Hondo Anaka that got set up in the Clone Wars and literally basically make him an Indiana Jones character because he's like a pirate kind of guy. I know that's a little different, but he could go on all these Dr. adventures. Dr. be better for that. Oh, yeah, dude. You're right. You are right now. With that reference that I just made, Danny makes a great point. The only thing I was going to say about Hondo Anaka is like he's this pirate guy. He's going out trying to get treasures. You could literally have things where he's going out there. And that's another thing, too. One of the coolest characters that was done in the comic books is Dr. Afra. And just the things you could do with her I know character the alone name. is I know who you're amazing. And like that also, right there isn't she an archaeologist? Isn't she like an archaeologist? Yeah, she is the Wars version of Indiana Jones. And the great part is you get the two evil droids, the literal total Ooh. opposites of C-3PO and R2-D2. You get BT-1 <laughs> and Triple Zero, and they're droids that just want to kill and torture people oh, and, uh, I with her. It. Oh yeah, so it's a it's an amazing tale that they could tell. Like that would be an amazing story. Doctor Afro is this Gen in Jenna Jones of Star Wars, but the You're way right. more cynical, even. Yeah, with the well, like, Nah, dude, that could be Doesn't set she up to be great. Fun. She, does, she plays both sides of the fence too, right? Does, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like working her... with Vader for a little while. She meets mm -hmm. Luke and works with him. Yeah, like all these stories. An and anti-hero. She's an anti-hero. Right, but you could put her in her own like world, like that doesn't even have to deal with the original sure. trilogy or at least those characters. You could literally take that character, man. She's just a uh, super awesome character. Super yeah. great. Super cool. And guess what? This is the thing that I've always said. Right, there are always people out there that bitch and complain about like wokeism or whatever, right? Like about certain things whenever it comes out. Here goes the thing that I've always said. If you make a good story with a good character, people don't complain about those things. Those complaints disappear because they love the character. It was built naturally. Dr. Af Afra was a brand new character built naturally from nothing that just happened to be um, a lady that could uh like she, she i think if, if i'm not mistaken in the comics she likes boys and girls so she's like bisexual so you literally have a character but she's made brand new she's a natural character that has a great story nobody complains that she's bisexual they Are actually love the fact that they love the character in the story i know that everybody was all excited everyone who liked the uh, cartoon show uh, was very excited when Cat. They knew Cat, the Cad Bane character was coming. Are you afraid of of uh, one of the shows doing to Doctor Aftra what they did with Cad Bane? I actually love what they did to Cad Bane. Yeah, I think yeah, it was enough. Cad Bane was the, one of the best things of the of the Book of Boba. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
But I actually no, like what they did, like even the, though we didn't the, have a lot of version time. a little bit more than the version that we got. Yes, I, I, I think that the, the dude from YouTube did a better job. But I like it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you, like, I just love the fact that what they did, it didn't have to be big, long, or extended or any of that. It was Cad Bane. He comes out. Okay, Corral style showdown with him and Bubba Fett. And they meant to do that in the actual Clone Wars. Like that was yeah. part of those stories and episodes that didn't get finished was that Bubba Fett was the one that killed Cad Bane. So I thought it was cool that they brought Cad Bane into the story so oh, yeah. that they could actually finish that story in a different version and format. I would say that Cad Bane, like, it was the best part of Book of Boba Fett because mm -hmm. even though the Luke part and the Mandalorian part a lot of people loved, even though I like it, why is that in the book of Boba? <laughs> you know, I didn't like understand. The only reason I, I think book that. of Boba Fett was a thing is because of uh, 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 I think there's yeah, that's had, serious. Their, their for me. That had another serious. show to do. So I all the stuff that though. we got, that was the worst thing that we got. God, that that series is very schizophrenic. I like that series, and to me though, I'm going to tell you why is because I love the name. And this the is name is I, good. Yeah, I, the the thing that I that I think people ignore is the fact that I love the name Book of Bubba Fett because if you read a book, there will be whole chapters, sometimes even a couple of chapters like back to back that yeah, has yeah. nothing to do yeah. with the main character. So like they literally almost formatted it like it's a book, right? And those couple of chapters you got to was didn't have the main character involved that much at all because that happens in books. So I thought yeah, the name was genius, but I just don't think enough of the fans put two and two together and realize what they may yeah, have been trying to I do. Think, I think people did. I think it's just like, if it was one episode, like, it was like, the show has six episodes and two of them was like, not about the fucking character. So you're talking about like, one four of the show is not about the character. I do agree it should have been like 12 episodes if they could have came up with a good enough story for 12 episodes. And then so 12 the episodes, episodes I think be, that would have hurt less. Right, right. If two of the episodes would have been it, I think Danny's got a point. And I think that's one of the main things that's been a drawback for some of the shows that's coming out with Star Wars is that they only have those limited six or eight episodes. And then they use some of those episodes uh, for almost filler in some cases or to tell a little bit of a story they may want to tell like they did in the book of Boba Fett but because you only get six episodes two of them wasn't even about him so it seems bad if it would have been a 12 episode season and two of if them those, those classic 24 episodes per season like that would even make me even more sense I, I think that my problem with book of Boba Fett is that uh, we were expecting like I was never that huge Boba Fett guy. And I like the idea that this, like, a lot of people just wanted a, a Boba Fett series because they wanted to see Boba Fett bounty hunting again. And the series, they completely opposite of that. It's like, Boba Fett not wanting to be a bounty hunter anymore. <laughs> like, he just wants to, like, own a seat and stuff. He wants to become some sort of a hero. And I like that idea. I thought he just wanted to be a Dawn. I just thought he wanted to be, like, the Godfather kind of deal. He uh, wanted to be, like, I, 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 my my favorite line of that series, like, I killed a lot for those idiots, like, now I just killed the idiots, like, let me take their place, like, why am I wasting my life doing this stuff? Yeah. yeah. But I think that, that series, like, 
I think that it was supposed to be Robert Rodriguez playground and then they kind of wanted to do an interlude to the Mandalorian. I I, I think that series likes some kind of vision, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> the best episodes of that that series, I'll still say, are the ones that had nothing to do with Boba Fett. Like, yeah. Uh, and also, I, I thought Boba Fett, like, you know, and this is something that's happened before. I thought they had a good end. Like, it wasn't a great ending for Boba Fett, but when I was a kid, you know, Han Solo basically kills Boba nah, Fett. And, nah, 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 nah. and he burps, the stupid thing burps, and that's the end of Boba Fett. It's like, all right, that's it. Well, yeah, no, that, 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 that was stupid. Even George Lucas at the meet that. All right. Uh, I, I I really like Obi Wan. I'm not going to lie. I like. I I know you hate it. Really liked Obi Wan. You're saying I really like Obi Wan. For me, it's Mandalorian season and or Mandalorian season two and Obi Wan. Where the hell guy. was this guy? Where the guy. hell was toilet paper head at? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, listen, th- this guy should have been involved. I wanted this guy to be involved. That guy should have been just a concussion, dude. That guy probably is on his way, but forgot. I think me and Danny was on a show together one time, maybe. But and we were talking about this character. I don't think you were there, Snark. But like, my thing was is like Dangar, Dangar, right? Like they had all these characters like Bosk and every IG eighty eight and everything else, and and then you had this random guy. And I just always felt that this guy was done dirty. It was like he showed up. Everybody else got the cool helmets like Bubba Fett and everything else. And this guy, they were like, bro, this guy oh, got shit, a head we forgot. Yeah, a we head forgot wound. the helmet. We forgot the helmet, man. What do we got laying around? And somebody's like, I got some toilet paper. And they literally just wrapped toilet paper around the damn dude's <laughs> yeah, head. Like, that's good. That's smart. Uh, and also, like, I remember as a kid getting, like, you would send away, like, you whenever you bought Star Wars uh, action figures, you get proof of purchases. So you'd cut the proof of purchase off and you send five of them or whatever in and you get Bosk. So Bosk was a big deal. I had Bosk. Bosk uh, was the prize. IG, IG-88, of course, was cool. I'm finding out later that it was part of a Cadillac or whatever, the uh, uh, the head for IG-88. It's like, okay, that's cool too. But yeah, that you dude was that dude that was I there in that scene, but I never saw I never saw an action figure for him when I was. This kid. is one of the marvelous things about Star Wars. You create a fucking extra in the background, and there there's a whole Wikipedia page about that guy. Yeah, that's crazy though. Like all, so all like, this stuff, all this hap- stuff happened after, after like well, Return of the Je- by the time Return of the Jedi came out, they started putting out a lot of action figures, but. Like the first one, Star Wars, when it came out, like there wasn't many. I think there was like eleven action figures, something like that. One was like the Death Star uh, gunner guy. Like you never even got it. Like a um uh, what is his name? Uh, the Grand Moff Tarkin. You never had a Grand Moff Tarkin action figure for really? some reason. Uh, but yeah, you got. Uh, Jawas, you got Snaggletooth. Like, you got a whole bunch of the Cantina guys, but you never got the band. Except never if you got. get, yeah. So, and then they had the Cantina playset eventually. Well, and stuff like well, that. Look, so, what I was saying is that 
We should just do an action figure show. Like before, uh, before we got outside of struggling. Yeah. I am excited for Ahsoka and really am like, I think Filoni is getting better as a, as a live action director. Like, and I never have doubt that he would be a good live action director. Even like if you follow the, the making of Clone Wars, the way that, that Lucas like taught him the, that shit. He always had the potential, and I think like he, he made the first episode of Mandalorian, which I think is very good. And he made the fifth one, which sucks. <laughs> then he made the great one of the Ahsoka. Then he made the great the the those two of Book of Boba Fett that everybody loves. And I don't remember which one he did for the Mandalorian season three. I don't remember. But he did one, right? For Mandalorian season three. I'm that sure. Way. I know he I know he he wrote, but I don't know if I'm researching if they flown direct Mandalorian season three. He they must have like like they all had like the, the two of them all prune face. But yeah, even that that one was, uh, yeah, like those Return of the Jedi's. Yeah, they started putting out uh, all kinds of different toys and stuff like that. But by that time, I was nine. I was in a huge. I didn't. I didn't get oh, okay. many Return of the Jedi action figures. Like Empire Strikes Back stuff and Star Wars stuff. I had fucking so much. Okay, Filoni didn't. direct. He did not direct anything on season three, so he did. The so episode one and five of Mandalorian season one and those two of both the Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, look, he is in a winning streak. So now it's the I think now it's the the true test of him with the with the series like One Vision, all episodes directed by him. So we are going to have something very similar that we got in terms of production with... Sorry, Ahsoka, with like everything shot. is done by Filoni? i pretty much sure. Let me double check, but I'm very much sure that everything is directed by him. Just like okay. Obi-Wan was directed by uh, Deborah Chow. Right. Um, I never watched... Well, like I said, aside from those three episodes, I never watched the Clone Wars. This is let me let me correct myself. Let How me dare correct. You. How dare you? Dave Long wrote everything. Okay, he directs some, but Peter yeah. Ramson, Steph, Steph Graf, Jennifer Gatzinger, Gita Pato, and Rick Fumiyama. Fumuya. Oh my God. Fumuya. I'm with Also direct episodes. So no, no, this show is not entirely directed by him, but it's entirely written by him. Yeah, and that was his baby. Like Clone Wars was his baby, right? No, Rebels was his baby. Okay. Clone Wars he did with George, except oh, okay. the, the, but, the, the but last. Yeah, season. Ahsoka was part of Rebels. Is that right? No, Clone Wars. Both. Oh. Both. Yeah. She's one of the main characters in Clone Wars, and yeah, I knew that he's a recurring ga- ca- uh, character. Okay, yeah, that's one thing I didn't. I didn't know. 
I knew that she was in Rebels. Uh, she like she's a very recurring character in season two of Rebels, and then something happens, which you should watch to know. Is this the world between worlds thing, or is that just in Clone Wars? Yeah. Okay. See, I know things. I'm not so oh, stupid. Amy got very excited for Ahsoka. I, I have been saying this for years, and I'm still going to stick with it. Mm -hmm. I think the most important show, the show that I believe it can't fail yeah. for assuring good future to Star Wars is the Acolyte. Okay. I that's believe one, that's, that's the one that takes place before in the right? High Republic. Right. Okay. I'm for it. I'm for the stuff that I don't have. Like, I, like the reason, and I've said this I don't know how many times. the The main reason I could not stand Obi Wan is that it had zero stakes. I know what happens. I know what happens to Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I know what can... happens to Princess Leia. I know what happens. To I Oprah. know what happens. In the Bible, I know what happens in the you? Titanic. It's, on, it's ongoing, I thought. I know what happens in the Titanic. Yep. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know all the films about World War II. I know you what happened. That is not a good argument, Mark. Jack could have made it on the door. But no, you already know. You already. I know exactly when Ben Kenobi bites it. It was a big. No, that's not a good argument. There are a lot of movies that you already know the ending, you already know the, the story, and you're going to watch it. The thing with Titanic, it was based on a true story. If Obi Wan Kenobi was based on a true story, that'd be a different thing. Snark, you think it was based on a true story? No, it's not. I'm just saying that's not a valid argument. Okay. Just All right, that's fine. Actually, there is a theory in script writing that everybody goes to watch a film already knowing the ending. Hmm. Even Most Fight Club? films. Even Fight Club? No. no. I'm saying most films. Mm -hmm. like especially films that are more classical in terms of structure. Like you have a villain, you have a hero. You're very, you're if you're good, you're going to the move knowing that the hero is going to defeat the villain. All right. Mm -hmm. So the question is not whether he wins or not against the villain is how is how he earned the defeat of the villain. Right. Like that. This is one of the big things about Marvel films. If you act like I'm. Besides Infinite War, all villains of of, of Marvel lose at, by the end. Maybe, okay, maybe Zemo and Tent. But most of them always lose at the end. Like, But the, some films succeed more than others because some of them earned more that defeat than the others. So that's not a good argument. It's a fine argument. It's not a good argument. <laughs> I disagree. And that's what makes it a great argument. I think Obi-Wan is way better than this last season with the Mandalorian. Way better than the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the last ep last season of Mandalorian either, but I don't... Yeah, I just... Because you're I don't old. Know 
I, I've just really, like, growing up a fan of Ben Kenobi, I just wanted it to be more than what it was. I also have, I also have the tier deadline. There you go. Here, far, you know I, the rest. I, I really don't like the Titanic line, so... Like, King of the world, Danny. For me, like, none of them existed anyway, so who cares? Uh, right? They can use that argument, then they are real. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I am not disagreeing. Uh, uh, like, uh, before he put the fucking picture of the Titanic, <laughs> I... I tend to believe that when you use pre-existing characters, legacy characters, yep. you're, you're automatically going to have to deal with a lot of background. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's one of the reasons why the Secret Trilogy failed, is the handling of those characters. Gee whiz. Um, Oh, yeah, let's just listen to the deal real quick. Some of the people in the Titanic movie are based on real people. Danny! Just not, uh, just maybe not Jack and Rose, but sure. I do you like that? Look, uh, Andy, if you're a Titanic fan, like, I'm sorry. I remember. Uh, <laughs> here's a quick aside. Uh, I remember going to see Titanic. It was fine. Uh, my uh, roommate, it turns out at the time, uh, her his mother had won a, an Oscar, I guess, for uh, 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 she worked for the Can Canadian Film Board. I believe I've told you this about this person before, Danny. And uh, as such, she was given all the for your consideration videos and stuff like that. So I remember two days after having to pay for Titanic, getting to watch Titanic in the comfort of my own home. Uh, the good thing is. I didn't really pay much attention on that second piece. I never understood go. why James Cameron had this magic making. Uh, I think he made. I think he made studios a lot of money. Um, yeah, like like for sure, like uh, the unsinkable. Uh, what's her name? And was on the thing, and like the captain. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that are there that. Uh, we're on the boat, but it's just uh, Jack and Rose were made up, but that's fine. Uh, like it's hard to make it's hard to make a, a compelling story about the Titanic. Everybody knows it. It's already been filmed four or five times before. Uh, I think James Cameron did a great version for what he did. He deserved winning an Oscar, especially just for the weight of everything he did and the things he created to make it look as grand as he did. Um, not to, and you know he's Canadian, so. Good on him. He's probably uh, more deserving than anybody else. But they should have given him Oscars for Terminator 2. Pos nah, not Terminator. Look back at Terminator fine. Aliens, uh, anybody? Aliens? Should have won way more Oscars. Um, it looks like I'm by myself. So now I get to say uh, Obi-Wan was fine. It just wasn't great. I didn't hate it. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, oh, here's Danny. The cat was going crazy. Oh my god! You like I, James Cameron movies, Mark? Uh, I, I was just going through a couple of them. Uh, I, I like quite a few. I was saying uh, Terminator Two. Obviously, it was a big deal when I was a kid. Aliens. 
Uh, it's probably my favorite James Cameron movie. I loved it. Do you prefer Aliens or Alien? I prefer Aliens. I like Alien as well. Uh, but I prefer Aliens. I like the more action part of it while still being, you know, sci-fi creepy and horror. Uh, like, ah, I prefer it, like Alien is pretty intense. But I also have that thing of what I knew about Alien when I was a little kid. Like, I think it came out in 79. And I still remember commercials and stuff like that about it. And I remember my older brothers being like, it, this is the shit. Alien is great. Um, so I saw it. Like, I had to see it when I was, like, six years old, seven years old. Uh, yeah, not fantastic. But, yeah, Aliens came out when I was 12. So that was, like, in the wheelhouse. It's like, yes, this is what uh, Yeah, I was never, like, a big James Cameron fan, to be honest with you. Not the Abyss? Not a big Abyss fan? You know what? I, I, I saw, like, like Tanya and I's first date, like, well, first movie date. We'd been on a date. Uh, but our first movie date, we went to see Avatar. Uh, the like, first. With wearing, wearing the 3D glasses the whole bit. Uh, you know, I never have to see Avatar again. Like, okay, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I don't understand how these movies make so much money. I don't get it. I don't besmirch anybody for liking it, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, I do not understand how it was so popular. I would say that Cameron, like, he he's a very classical kind of storyteller. Like, in the idea of a director that writes, produces, directs his own movie... Like it's his own original stories and stuff like that. You see, he used standards of script and storytelling that are very well fundamental. So, like, it is. I'm not saying that he's not well crafted, I'm saying that they are very well known. They are very well digested. So, his films are. Here's something. I know that, yeah, you also, you can't say yourself because I know you also direct your own stuff. But, like, commercially, of the big commercial directors, who is your favorite? I think Fincher. Nowadays, you're saying? Yeah. I like it. Uh, did you I think Fincher, have... I think Fincher, he. Were you a fan of Mindhunters? Yes, a lot. I loved it. I think it's I one of the think, best. I think I that. I was dumbstruck when they didn't do another season of it. I think that is one of the biggest failures of Netflix, is the fact that they did not continue this year. Look, yeah. Fincher oh, has more very... Academy, at least. Oh my god. I think the way that Fincher directs movies, I think it's very fabulous. I love the photography of these movies. And even though I don't agree with it, I love the nihilistic, pessimistic view that he has on humanity. He even says so, that like, he believes that humanity is full of dark bullshit stuff, like, and he likes exploring this dark side stuff. Do you have a favorite Fincher movie? I... Still Fight Club. Can't lie. A second Fight Club reference today, and I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, I really do like Fight Club as well. I would say, like, for me, 
I'm always going to be a Tarantino guy. Uh, I know a lot of, I know everybody's kind of up and down now and stuff like that, but I'll go like, I love Jackie Brown, uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 might be my favorite movie. It's I like, I like. Like, like, I might think Children of Men is probably my favorite movie. But right behind that is probably Kill Bill Volume. Like, Tarantino is really, like, a movie lover. Like, he, he, all his films are tributes to, to filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And there is something special about that aspect. But, like, when you talk about directing and stuff, there's always the aesthetic views, the aesthetic philosophies of directors, of movie directors. And this whole idea that Tarantino has that everything that is to be produced was produced, so now we're going to just copy them with our style. That, that's the Tarantino motive. Like he believes that everything that has to be done in the art of movie making has already been done. So there is nothing original to be made anymore. The originality comes from his style, in this case, very scripted, a lot of dialogue, action scenes, like you know, the Tarantino stuff. You know what also I love? Just the sound, the choices he makes for the soundtrack. I think that's what made me fall. Like I think I heard the soundtrack for Reservoir Dogs before I saw the movie. And because I knew um, the soundtrack, it got me into the right movie. And like, like, you look at the the subsequent soundtrack, so good. They're so good. I like Reservoir Dogs a lot. Yep. I think it it has a humor that I I like more. The other movies like you know, like the modern era is is for me it's Fincher for mm-hmm. sure. I like some Nolan films, but I think they're too stiffy sometimes. Yeah, I get it. I don't like the idea. Like Nolan's very rational about stuff. I don't like. Like, like my favorite filmmaker. Like I haven't seen his new movies because he did a film that had a lot of production hell. And it wasn't good, but Thomas Alfredson, who made it, led the right one and the original one. The Swedish, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, sure, yeah, sure. The Swedish version, not, not, not the Matt Rivers one, the, the Swedish one. Yep. I think he, I think that movie is fantastic. That movie made, made me want to study filmmaking. And you watched, uh, did you watch Taylor, Taylor Tinker Spider is also made by him. I think it's yes. freaking fantastic with Gary Oldman. I think I got that over here somewhere. It's in one of these goddamn things. Thomas Alfredson is one of those cases of an uh, international filmmaker that goes to Hollywood, has a good career, but then doesn't adapt to the Hollywood way. There. There you go. Loved it. Yeah, Thomas Alfredson, like, he did a... He, he had a project with Fassbender called The Snowman. Yes, not great. And I never watched the movie because a lot of people say shit. I know it had a lot of problems. And like after this, Thomas Alfredson left Hollywood. He went back to, to Sweden. Yeah. And I think maybe that's bad. Now, not everybody adapts to the Hollywood mentality of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, of course, made in 
England. I think it has that English feel throughout, like a classic English feel, like a 70s style English feel. I think yeah. like the aesthetic of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is so good. And Gary Oldman, of course, so good in that movie. Uh, do you know, talking about Swedish directors, have you ever heard of a Swedish director named Torbjorn Axelman? No. Okay. Well, I got some stories, but maybe we'll save those stories for another time. We've come up, we've already been doing this for two hours, Danny. Yes. We've been doing this for two hours. That's a lot. This is bananas. You know, and we're coming in here with nothing. Came in here with nothing. We're talking for two we hours. We started with Nintendo and then Justin hijacked the show for Star Wars again. Justin's a good man. I have no problems talking. I thought it was fun. I got to learn. So much stuff about. Stuff. I want to talk about know. music, you know, but you never. I love talking about music. I never get to talk about music, Danny. Yeah, but what's hand for you is late for you. We so have we a whole. We can have a whole music episode at some point, but. Oh, yeah. Just to give you a tease, just like I was. I was singing that song, "Living Like America" by Rammstein, and. Uh, oh sure. I was like for years, I haven't been. In I haven't. I didn't know who Ramstein was. Yeah. And I was researching, like, there are now sexual allegations again. And I'm like, my. Well, didn't the guy from Ramstein. Wasn't he, like, directing pornos for a while? No, no. no. There's something There's something odd about that. No, but the singer, he has been accused of sexual stuff. Hmm. And I'm like, bro. My three favorite bands was is Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, Rumshaw. Okay. Well, Nine Inch Nails. And two of them are now being canceled. Like Rammstein doesn't seem b that big as Marilyn Manson. Like nothing. Is Marilyn Manson big? He was. He was. He had his time. Like like a Antichrist superstar. Of course, a great big huge album for him. Uh, he did a great version of uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, of course. Before that, uh, the Antichrist Superstar comes out and huge, he fucking blows up. Yeah, you know, so this Church of Satan Christ stuff comes out. His, the next one comes out with The Dope Show. I think The Dope Show is maybe his best song. Uh, Man, and then say. he does a, like a couple other albums, but then he starts getting into just doing cover versions and stuff like that. And Marilyn Manson hasn't been. No, no, Marilyn Manson like he had a lot of stuff. Like years. I think, I think those, uh, the, what people call the 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 anti antichrist superstar trilogy, which is antichrist superstar, um, the second one with the dope show. It's mm -hmm. fuck. Why well, I'm forgetting the name of the album. No oh, boy. And I thought it was the dope Hollywood. Show. I think yeah. those three albums, like, I think they're very great. Then everything after that was kind of, eh. but he had a great comeback with the the Pale Emperor album that was recent. And then he did have an upside down. There are also like a lot, and and I know he did another one that I forgot the name. So he he was having a comeback, like, like Nine Inch Nails, like. Frank has oh, that album, by the way. I had to look it up quick because I was wondering as well. Mechanical animals. Mechanical animals. Yeah. 
than Hollywood. Holy of those of that of that trilogy, and Tech Our Superstar, Mechanical Animals, and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mechanical Animals is my least favorite. Yeah, I, I do uh, like the dope show is really good. Uh, but I think the newer stuff, like the Pale Emperor, and those other two new albums, like I think they were good. Like I watched Marin Manson live in 2016 in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I like his show. Of course, it's not like the same in the anti-crisis superstar era shows, but it's still great. Rammstein live shows has always been great. To, I'm trying to remember when I saw him. Uh, it's hard. I th- I saw him with Rob Zombie. So Rob, I'm Rob not, Zombie. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure they they had a they had a era that did a lot of stuff. They're very close, uh, and again. I like Rob Zombie's solo stuff. I'm not a huge fan of. I do like a, quite a bit of White Zombie stuff, uh, sure. and and their guitar players like Johnny John Five was incredible. Uh, now he's a part of Motley Crue for some reason. But like, um, when I, I watched uh, Nine Inch Nails in 2014, and even though I love the show because I love that man, like that was during the hesitation mark, which is an album that I don't like so much. I don't yeah. like so much hesitation marks. So and the and the and the the the, the song list, like the playlist of that show was like like some of the bangers that I really wanted to listen live. Mm-hmm. I'm just sad that Trent Hazard is of course way more Focusing on scoring on, and of course, it's getting a lot of awards and stuff like that. Probably yeah. a bunch of money. The social was it? The was it? He did social network. He did social Gun network. Zero, he did yeah. Watchmen. The Watchmen soundtrack was amazing. Like yes. I think he, I think his latest one is now this new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really, he's doing that one? I think he's doing that one. God damn! Well. Now I'm in, now I'm more interested. I'm was sort of no, interested, I, actually interested. But I really I'll want to go to uh, another Nine Inch Nails line concert for sure because I really want to listen to some bangers. I got to see I, I got to see it. them play a couple of times. Now the last time I'm trying to think of who I saw. Like the first time I saw them with uh, uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin and Jesus Jones. Uh, but this last time I saw him, this is on the one with the the hands that feeds when that song came out. Uh, and I was right near the stage. It was the loudest concert I've ever been to in my life. It was incredibly loud, so I was very happy. Uh, they had Death From Above, 1979, and Queens of the Stone Age opening up. So it was a friggin' rad show. Wow. And Nine Inch Nails blew the fucking roof off that place it was yeah I'll, I'll still think about that night and smile i loved it they're so good live guys if you ever have a chance go see nine inch nails live it they do not disappoint they're so i loud. really so want i really want them to go back to tour because now i think i have better ways to to, to see them yeah you're closer so, at, at studio yeah. two studio two is closer Yes. You don't have it, it's not on the outskirts of Sao Paulo. It's like right in the heart of Sao Paulo. Of course. Studio too. Danny, uh we can't really catch are we catching you anywhere but here? 
right now I'm just doing our job after snack, but like Justin's doing great what else stuff is there? for the eight to ten channel. I know the highlights we have been doing a lot of stuff. I know there's coming with a couple of it's rallies. The, what? Yeah, the rally's been great. Catch uh, the Wimbledon uh, final was today, the men's and final. Paris Fantastic. doing the, the FIFA thing now when we stand I think that was a great idea. I like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, the good you friends might... is better rivals football club. So, somebody might be showing up on one of those uh, one of those uh, FIFA games that uh, uh, Ferris says. Oh, look, uh, I'm maybe, still maybe do... guest color commentary. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, I still want to do the. I still want to do the old main Rex to Pokemon for yes, the first I'm, time. I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up uh, Pokemon when I saw Pikachu. There, it's like we should probably do that at some point. Um, yeah, we have to do that. Soon. Yeah, we'll we'll do it soon. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, the Women's World Cup coming up very soon. Oh yeah, within two weeks. So. Uh, uh, the starting 11 will be back to uh, do some special coverage of that. Might not be many uh, watch alongs as it's very goddamn early in the morning, at least not for this guy. Maybe some other people might want to do some watch alongs, but not me. But the English Premier League also starts up again next month. So it, we really don't have very long before all that stuff happens. But the big important thing is uh, Rewatchers Council, as you see, where's it? Right down there. Starting up very soon. It's going to be our bucket. Ah, you guys haven't started yet. No, uh, no, I have done. I am. Oh, they say it's in the can. Uh, movie uh, retro review just for the movie. The so the movie began before the series, right? It did. It came okay. uh, about four years before the series. Uh, honestly, you don't need to watch the movie ever. Uh, especially if you want to watch the series. It has nothing to do with each other. It, they, he doesn't consider it canon, but there's some things in it. You know, it's worth seeing. Like, if you're a completionist, see the movie. You can see shit. It's not even 90 minutes. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like 87 minutes or something like that. It's like, go ahead and watch Like a movie. Pokemon line for a movie. Yeah. But the Pokemon movie would probably be more entertaining. But, yeah, there's still some... Really? The, the buff movie is not that good? It's not great. Uh, there's a reason why, like I say in the thing, Franz, uh, Franz Rubel Kazooie, I don't think ever directed anything ever again. So uh, I think she was producer on a Gasmo or something. But yeah, I don't well, know. No, I'm excited for this new project of ours. I think it's going to attract some new people. I can't wait. And it's, it's a council. It's a council. So people are going to be invited. So if you ever want to watch an episode of Buffy and you want to talk about it, please come on. Just let us know. We'll consider it. We'll consider it. Bad Vampire Movie, Let the Right One and Swedish version. Watch it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. And we will see you the next time we actually do this thing because it could be next week. It could probably. be. Yeah, it's probably next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.